This episode of Referee Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with this new organic line comes the following flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acier, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Raw Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just two grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. This is episode five. And today's guest, Ray Valeriano, a rising star as a baseball official who just recently passed the certification for girls basketball. It's been an absolute pleasure to share the diamond with him. And now, the hardwood. He wants to be great on his own accord, and I think he already is, as one of his most redeeming qualities is that he's an absolute sponge. He absorbs knowledge and applies it afterwards. He wants to be great, and I think he will be. I first ran into him after we initially took the baseball class on the field, officiating a junior varsity game together. Now, that game was competitive, and that's when I first started to think, like kind of like an experiment, to see if he would be interested in doing basketball. So... Here's our conversation with the multiple sport official, now we can uh, call him, who goes to show that uh, you can ref anything, even if you're unfamiliar with the sport. You can only go as far as your mind takes you. Our conversation with Ray on the rant. Okay, Referee Rant Podcast. Today's uh, December 14th. We're here with my good friend Ray Valeriano, just passed the girls certification class for Nassau County girls basketball. Congratulations, my man. Thanks, Ralph. I really appreciate all your help. No problem. You did all the real work. Um, so I had the pleasure to meet Ray in January 2016. We were both taking the certification for baseball class. Um, I can't really say that I was really memorable in the class because <laughs> I went out of my way of trying to look invisible, but I think I was completely <laughs> visible by the way I was acting. Um, and the next year, the second year that we both did, we had a, a JV game. And I really liked his presence and his command behind the plate. I was doing the field. And I convinced him, I don't know if it was begrudgingly at the time, but I, I tried to persuade him to do uh, basketball. So um, I guess first and foremost, um, we don't really talk much about baseball because we've been in basketball mode so much. But, you know, I just wanted to ask you about what you liked about baseball and, and just your experience playing Little League and, and high school and college and, and now your kids and watching them play Little League. So just tell me a little bit about all of the things that you experienced in baseball. Okay, well, my first experience with baseball is my dad taking me to Yankee Stadium at about five years old. Mm -hmm. And he worked two jobs, but God bless him, he still found time to always take us to Yankee games. And that was an amazing experience. The Yankee Stadium is like no other. What year was this? I want to say... Was this when the Bronx was burning? 60s, oh, early so, 70s. Okay, okay, so... So, old, old Yankee Stadium. After... The renovation of original Yankee Stadium. So, after Maris yeah. and Mantle... Yeah, I missed Reggie those Jackson. guys. Um, I, and we were we were into now the, the 70s. So, when the know. A's were baking, when they were killing. Yeah, they were, they were hot. They okay. were the hot team. And um, Yanks had not yet, you know, reached a level where they were even going to make playoffs. Mm-hmm. But um, just the experience of Yankee Stadium was amazing. And, you know, I played Little League. 
uh, played high school. Um, and then, of course, um, my kids growing up were, I decided at a very young age, this is what they want to do. You know, I can remember three years old hitting wiffle balls in the, on the front lawn and my daughter taking hit and swings and hitting them into, uh, into the neighbor's roof. Mm-hmm. So they were excited about that and I knew that that was the path I wanted for my kids. I always loved baseball and I wanted them, and they loved baseball. That's the most important they thing. They loved baseball and, uh, you know, I was one of these crazy dads who, who not only pushed them but gave them the opportunities to get better at the game. Private training, private lessons, um, whatever whatever it took. I anything I did, I wanted my kids to be in a hundred percent. There was no going through the motions. You're going to play hard. You're going to play all the time, or you're not going to play the sport. And whenever if they ever said to me, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore, I would have been fine. Mm. We can we can do something else. But this was the path that they were going to take. It was not I'm not going to be hanging out after school or. You know, going to schoolyards and hanging out at the school. That's, that, that was never going to happen here. I mean, that's some of the things that we did. But we played in schoolyards also as when we were growing up. I grew up in Queens, so I didn't have the opportunities that they had. So I remember that one good story is my, my son asked me, I remember about five years into his travel uh, career, Dad, what was travel baseball uh, like when you were growing up? Well, so I said, let me tell you, son. I went to the crappy field. On my crappy bike with my crappy glove and my crappy bat, and we played on. We played all day and we just loved it. We played pickup baseball. We played all day, and I can remember John Adams High School in Queens. So, um, and they got very good at it at a very young age. I coached both of them, both teams, two teams, all through their little league careers. And once they went on to high school, of course, you can't coach them. But in the summers, we would be traveling all over the country uh, doing tournaments. So, That's awesome. There's there's so much there. We won, you know, we've won tournaments in Myrtle Beach, Kentucky. My daughter's been all over, up and down the East Coast, uh, playing competitive ball, and it's been a great ride. And they're better for it, you know. I think kids who grow up in travel uh, leagues and on travel teams know how to manage their time. They know how to get things done, mm. and they know how to manage their lives mm-hmm. where they have time. To do the thing that they love, and baseball is what they love. That's great. My daughter will sit in her room, as a, as a prime example, and watch a rerun of a Yankee game mm. that aired earlier. Mm. That's how much of a hardcore fan she is. That's great, man. Um, I'll just I'll just say for myself that um, I, I grew up with the love of baseball, as I told you earlier before that um, you know there wasn't really there wasn't cable at the time, and I just was watching bad baseball all my life, and I had an almanac and. You know, I learned that uh, Roger Maris had 61 home runs in, in, in that year, and Mickey Mantle was uh, chasing him. So I just always gravitated towards that. I gravitated towards uh, just just pitching. I really like pitching. I really like the 91 Braves. They had uh, Tom Glavin. They didn't have Greg Maddox yet. Oh, he wasn't there yet. He wow. Wasn't. See, but An amazing pitcher. I just find that weird how, I, how well I know baseball, but I never played it. I never played it because I, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, and right. the name of the game is basketball. basketball. I mean, the ball bounces back. You could play one on one, two on two, three on three. It's hard to get eighteen people right to play baseball. Right, you need one ball for ten ten kids to be playing. That's easy to do a basketball. You can just play one on one or by yourself. I mean, it's just a self serving sport. So, what I did want to ask you is, sure. 
how what got you to the conclusion of wanting to join the dark side and become one of the blues well that it seemed like a natural progression for me and I, and it took me a year or two of being out of the game to figure out that I missed it and mm-hmm. I wanted to be back on the field mm-hmm. and I thought I would be good at it that's another thing. I, I, I what made you think you'd be good at it? I've seen a lot of bad umpires and remember thinking, I can do a better job than that. This is not that difficult. We're calling balls and strikes, outs and safe, uh, foul and fair. I mean, how hard could it be? Like, I had no training at all, but I just remember going through and uh, besides yelling at umpires <laughs> and seeing a lot of bad umpires, uh-huh. I really... And anything I do, I try to do it at a high level. So I thought I would be good at it. I really believed I would be good at it, and I would try hard to be good at it. Mm. So that was, I, I, I think, one of the things that really, you know, moved me to that area. It seemed like a natural progression. Now, I know you're still early in it. This will be year three for you in baseball, and you've done a lot of great high-level games, and you're making a name for yourself in Nassau County, doing better games. Um, but... Can you say at this point in time that you love officiating more than coaching or playing? Are you at that point yet? Uh, Coaching was really a passion because your kids are involved and you're emotionally involved and you're so invested in in, in the whole program. I mean, we signed on for everything, private training, trips away, weekends away. I mean, it's a huge commitment. And with your kids involved, I mean... It just seemed like that this is the greatest thing that you can do for your kids. Mm-hmm. And to spend this quality time with them, too. I mean, weeks away at times. Mm-hmm. So, um, at this point, I still have fond memories of coaching and, and spending that time with the kids. Although I am enjoying officiating tremendously. Uh, it's very rewarding. If, if you, when you walk away from a field and you feel like you've done a solid job, and you've done a great job, it's a good feeling inside. Mm-hmm. It really is. So where do you see yourself um, in the future when it comes to baseball officiating? I would love to make it to the college level. Now, if I was a younger man, possibly even beyond that, because I, I feel I have the tools to maybe achieve that level or even higher. You know, I would like to probably stay local, and I know some of the higher levels will cry, would require a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, I have a regular job, of course, and so I don't know if that would afford me the ability to be able to do that at this stage of my life. I'd love to do college baseball. I feel like that would be a, a good spot for me. So do you find it surprising that you kind of fell in love with uh, officiating? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I didn't know how much I would love it. Uh, I thought I'd be good at it. And I'm really enjoying it thoroughly. I think what I underestimated um, just from officiating is the amount of not so much concentration, but just the amount of um, how sharp you have to be mentally at all times. You know, even even basketball, it's like you call what you see and you're always on. But baseball, it's this weird type of concentration because you're there, but you're you're like a security guard waiting for something bad to happen, and no you're question. like, that's a ball, right? That's nothing, but that's a ball. That's it. And, and, and it's like you're, it's a live wire. Yes. But it, 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 you feel like a landmine at any given time it'll happen. Where basketball's like, it's just a fire the whole time. They, they, that happened constant, constantly. And I have a saying for baseball, stay frosty. 
because you don't know when something's going to pop up and mm. you're going to have to interject and give them what you see right away. Mm. So stay frosty. Be, be ready for the unexpected. I like that. Stay frosty. It, it happens. Mm. Yeah, I think I took that out of a movie where, where some military guys were uh, waiting for the onset. And mm. uh, that was the term. Stay frosty. So um, what is one of your favorite memories or favorite calls or favorite situations when you officiated a baseball game? Okay, so I thought about this a little bit because, uh, you know, it's it, it's been a three-year career, really two for travel seasons in mm -hmm. summer. And I think it was the end of the, my second season. I had gotten a game at uh, Mitchell Field, and it was 18U travel. Two really good teams, the Body Armor Titans, which I know is their top team. And all those kids get great looks, and I think they were all destined to go to college. Okay. I had some conversations with the catcher during the game that I'll tell you about. Those but, games must be excellent. Yeah, and, and, and they, the other team was the Batting 1000 18U Showcase team. Their team is called Batting 1000? Yeah, the organization is out of Freeport. My son did some uh, batting lessons there. When They're only around about eight or nine years. They have, they've expanded tremendously. They have a ton of teams now, and they dominate the Nassau County Travel League. Um, they're at every field. So, and they have multiple teams and age groups. So I knew it was going to be a good game. And a fellow umpire, his son is on the team, and he's sitting in the dugout watching me the whole game. He's an East Coast umpire, and he's been there actually longer than I have. Um, so his, his kid was playing in the game. So the coaches decided, since we got a late start, we got the game late, and there was some delays. So we got to the field a little bit late, and the coaches decided that instead of a doubleheader, we're going to do a one-nine inning game. So now here I am. I have to play for the whole nine. Mm. And here are all these kids parading up, and you could tell they're top players. And the catcher, six foot three, maybe, going to Vanderbilt on a full ride. Wow. Very, you know, talking to me constantly, telling me about his career. And I could just see the skill set on this kid was unbelievable. Did I you mean, feel nerves while you were in the um, I felt like I've arrived, and that's the feeling that. Because I have kids respecting me as they come to the plate. They see, they see that I'm working hard back there. They're asking me if, if, if maybe that was a strike or where that last pitch was. And I, I, I'm just seeing the respect of, of, of my officiating now in these kids who are college-bound mm. to play baseball. And been around probably a good 10, 12 years of their lives playing this game competitively. Mm. So at, at that point, I, I, I said to myself... I can do this. I, I feel like I've arrived. My game is pretty good at this point. You never feel like your game is totally um, oh, no. refined and done. No. You know, you're always working hard to yeah. get better. So. But I think that was the, um, the, the, the top moment, if, if you will, in my last three seasons. That's really cool, man. So yeah. that now I'm excited for you to experience the Catholic League because it's, it's like that <laughs> the whole time. And, you know... I had the fortunate circumstance to uh, serve Bob Player in the Catholic League in Nassau, Suffolk County. Um, I don't think that my uh, experience in baseball, per se, really uh, validated me being in there. But at the same time, I've been in so many situations where I felt like I wasn't qualified and I always rose to the occasion. So that's why I really have no fear in better level. I just feel as though... When you, when you quarantine it and you get up to that higher level, you should never shy away from it because you will reach that level because you're, you're just like me. You're, you're going to rise to the occasion.
That's the quality I really admire in your game. I watch you. You're, you're totally fearless. And, um, you know, you make strong calls and, and your mechanics are solid and, and you just bring it every time. I love watching it. And I'm, and, and I'm talking about I baseball. I, I mean, I, I try to tell the kids on the field, like, <laughs> I've never played baseball in my life, ever. And they're like, there's no way. Yeah, right. How, how can you do that? I'm like, look, you, you got to do is just look the part and, and, and just, just, you know, really th- analyze everything. I think looking the part is a really big part of the game. Mm-hmm. Be on time, be dressed properly, be equipped properly. And just take charge of the game from, from the moment you do the coaches' uh, conference before mm-hmm. the game starts. I really believe in that. That'll buy you a couple of innings, even if you're not a good umpire. Um, so one thing I did want to ask you, and obviously your basketball experience is very meager compared to your baseball experience. But now that you have got a little taste of basketball, you've watched me a couple of games, a couple of boys' games, a couple of girls' games. You notice the length, and you notice that it's always indoors. How does weather play a factor in baseball and the length of time with no clock? And how do you keep um, completely focused when you could quite possibly have a game that's three and a half hours? Yeah, that happens often. And I think the biggest thing, the weather, pro- the weather is a re- huge problem in baseball. I mean, you're setting aside five or six hours in your afternoon, maybe on a weekend, knowing that you're going to have to do a doubleheader. Mm. And then it starts raining, and you don't know if it's going to happen, it's going to not happen with the, with the turf field. Are we going to play? Are we not going to play? And that, that's a huge, huge problem in baseball. You know, and the fact that basketball is inside, you're never going to lose a game. I mean, that's, that's a breath of fresh air for me. Because, mm. you know, when you're geared up to do a game, you want to do a game. You don't want to be disappointed and drive to the location and then yeah, that's the kids are walking hurtful. out and all the parents are just loading the kids up in the car because it's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's a breath of fresh air for me. That was one of the factors for me. So I don't know if I shared this with you, but um, I joined Craig Roberts uh, Association last year. Uh, it's called CRU. They service a lot the of girls. Yes, I'm familiar. Um, I got in touch with him from another gentleman, great official that I know, fellow official that's moving to Florida. His name is Barry Getzoff. He's a basketball official. And he said, you know what? I get this overflow list because there's so many games that he services and I can kind of pick and choose. And I was like, that's good if, you know, because you're different than me. Basketball is my end all be all. Correct. If I can fill anything in the schedule, I'll do baseball. Fill it in. But it got to the point and I kind of structured this way over... Over the summer, I said to myself, if I have any gaps where I can do baseball, I'll do it. There ended up being no gaps. <laughs> so I ended up not doing any games. I don't think Craig likes me anymore. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but I'll just say that you're probably reversed for me because your aspirations are similar to mine in basketball is that you want to elevate um, as a, you know, a college official. Um, but I did want to segue that into your basketball experience. How... How did you get into basketball? Well, I did have a mentor in basketball. <laughs> and uh, I just want to hear it from your perspective. I never thought about doing basketball, truly. And, you know, guys talk about it. Oh, it's a time game. It's indoors. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I got baseball. It's because you love baseball. I love baseball. It's in your fiber. This is what I'm good at. This is what I know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm good, man. But the more you spoke to me about basketball and about the fact that it's indoors... It's a time game. It's quick. It's, you know, there's, there's constant action. There's very little downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be running up and down the court. Mm-hmm. So you're going to stay in shape. And it just seemed 
The more you talked about it, the more I was like, you know what? Why don't I try? I, listen, you can't play baseball in the winter. So what am I doing all winter besides studying for baseball in the summer? Right. And, you know, so I thought, well, I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. And I never, I didn't take it seriously at first. And then I saw the rule book and we started going over and I said, wow. Well, if you remember, I told you to do girls basketball in April. Correct. And I didn't speak to you, Mage. I didn't speak to you all summer. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I texted you is because I saw the email list and I saw that you really went through it. Because I thought you were, I thought you were at the time when I spoke to you, I thought you were 70, 30 that you were going to take it, but I knew right. it was going to wane because you were going to have your summer ball experience, you're back in, you know, baseball mode. But then I thought by the time it was October, you knew that baseball was winding down and I know you, you're jumpy. You want, you, you, you need, need action. you need something. I need action. So I have nervous energy, by the way. Me too. I need action. Me too. I was pleasantly surprised that you were on the list. And I was thinking to myself, now that I know that you're on the list, I have everything, all the resources that you need to be successful. So, you know, it to me, it was it was like a, a like a side project for me. I want to prove it to myself that not only can I persuade somebody to think outside the box and get comfortable with being uncomfortable and being proficient at something that they never thought they would be. And I don't know. I just I just think that. And I think from the conversation that we had that day when we had that game was that I was trying to angle it in a way that not only that it was short and that it was indoors and that it's all over the place, but more so that it would make you a better baseball official. You know, because I always find it funny when in the beginning, guys, you got to get the kinks out, the rust out. Let's do scrimmages because you haven't refed in however long. I never feel that way with those scrimmages. Those scrimmages for basketball, I ref last night. (laughs) Correct. There's nothing that's going to sharpen me because I always sharpen the iron. Always. Always. So for me, yeah, it's going to be weird to wear the uniform again and all that, but I've been officiating. I haven't stopped officiating. So I thought that was the biggest appeal, that you're going to still be sharp, even though it's not the same sport. And I also wanted to see how it would translate to the difference of you feeling like a baseball official after you get your basketball experience. Um, So... Now that you've gone through the class, you know, just tell me about your initial thoughts about how you feel about the game of basketball and the perspective um, that you are going to be doing and having a full middle school schedule of girls basketball. Well, I have a a, a newfound respect for the game. Mm -hmm. Um, I was never a big basketball fan. I I won't watch it on TV, even to this day. I I guess mainly because it's three-man mechanics and I feel like I'm not going to learn a lot from it. Then I watch the referees and I see some lazy, lazy mechanics at times. I got to tell you. Yeah. I don't see that crispness. Well, the thing I, is, you know, when I come to see a, a, a high school game. Well, even. let me explain why it feels that way. Yeah. You remember how, and this, this is a good thing to, to segue from. Ray is so good at officiating baseball. And I'll just, I'll just say that flat out. Like I was, I was thoroughly impressed by the command, your voice, your presence, because it already cleans up a lot of things. It, it basically cuts your experience. It, 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 it amplifies the lack that you don't have as much as experience as all the veterans, right? So to me and you, we already have a seat at the table. Correct. And we kind of don't deserve it, but we do deserve it because they see we're coming. And they see that we have that it factor that really is outside of baseball. It's the game within the game. It's the way you speak to people. It's the way you perceive yourself on the field. You already feel as though... 
I can handle the championship game. I don't care if I've only ref seven-year-olds. I'm ready to do the major leagues right now. Now, that might not be true, but <laughs> that doesn't mean we're not going to carry ourselves that way. Um, so, in the NBA specifically, mm-hmm. and what I've told you in the baseball field, I'm pretty sure that people have told you to rein in on your histrionics, your expression in the in the field. I've come to learn over the years that you want to look mechanical until the point that you're on the other side, and that's when you can imbue your own expression. And that's where the NBA guys are. They have their own expression, just the way you have your own expression in baseball. They have a style. They've developed the style that's, over the years. That's why yeah. you might be confusing it with lazy mechanics. It's not lazy mechanics. Okay. It's, it's, their, it's their expression. Correct. It's, it's, the way, it's the way they express themselves now. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like in between because I'm still on the come up on the varsity list. I still got to be crisp and all that. But I'm pretty sure by the time I'm in year 13, I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. Same thing with you. True. I guess that comes with experience. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But I, I, I like the fact that when you go to a game, you always feel like you're, you're going to be uh, an excellent referee and you're going to do your best all the time and you're going you're gonna to show what you have mm-hmm. all the time. And I feel the same way. That's that's my goal is is to go in there and do a great job and walk away feeling that you did. Yeah, yeah. There's so many levels that's to the it. Goal. Anything else that you want to mention with basketball in terms of? Well, you know, I basketball has been a real challenge for me. I can remember being in the class and um, a week before the final test, the instructor came up to me and said, "Are you all right?" And I said, "No, I'm not all right. I was completely <laughs> honest and said." Right now, I'm having a tough time with this rule book. And I've gone through the baseball rule book, and it was difficult also. But the, Yeah, but the you could see the basketball. plays. You could see the plays. I can see it happening in my head. The basketball, basketball plays, you... Correct. It's hard to visualize. It's hard to visualize the scenarios that are brought in that rule book. Mm-hmm. And they, I understand that they have to give it all to you. And they gave it all to you once, and it's very condensed, mm-hmm. the whole... You know, program. It's seven classes, three-hour classes, and it was. I had a really difficult time with it. So, and I had a job um, shift change at the time too. So I think that added to it. Mm-hmm. The three-hour classes were really wearing on me. Not enough gym time. That was one of my complaints. And as you know, they say guys need the visual stimulation of seeing what it looks like so they can grasp it. You know, instead of just out of a book. And I think I have that also. I need to see it. I mm. kept saying that. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Show me some diagrams. Show me some videos. Show me some slides. Show me something. So I was going on my phone a lot looking for some videos. Not a lot out there. So um, so I think it, 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 it helped you that I invited you to Island Garden and you saw that type of game. And then you saw one of my girls' games. And then you saw me scrimmage. And then you saw one of my boys' games. Yes. And I think that all put it together of oh. what you needed to do. But... The best thing that I think that I could have done for you was that I was on the floor with you. Where were we? We were at Mineola? In Mineola, yes. Mineola High School? Yes. Um, and I was able to give you the nice touch of, you know, just telling you things that you could refine on. But, you know, I never really was worried about you because I know the type of beats that you have to hit in order for to pass the class. But you already had the presence. You already had the patience. And that... You know, that all stems from baseball. And that's why I always said for you from the onset that you were going to make an excellent basketball official because you have so many components that people have to learn initially, you know? 
Yeah, it's tough for the new guy to come in who has never officiated and understand what it takes oh, to officiate. So it really is difficult. I see some of the guys that were in our class that struggled with that same element. And um, like you said, I had that going in. Of course, you know, you have to learn the game and you have to learn the rules. And when you're unsure of the rules, you're, you're just not going to be that force that you would be. Like when I see you do a game, you're a force out there. You're, you just take charge of the game. And, I appreciate and, that. And no, it's really fun to watch and watching you I've learned so much already and in the limited time that I've seen you uh, you work you know you're really solid respect that man you know? respect that yeah. so last last thing that I wanted to touch on for me and then if you have anything else you want to speak on feel free to do so how do you think it'll make you become a better baseball official now that you're involved in basketball and vice versa if you feel the opposite way. Well, you know, I thought about that a little bit as we, we, we were talking just now. And I said, I'm curious, really curious to see how it's going to, what effect it will have. Mm. So we've got to have a part two now. I'm going to hold that to you. Now we're going to have to have a part two. Yeah, we're going to have to have a part two to be determined, I think. Uh, is it going to make me sharper? I think it will. I oh, think yeah. it absolutely has to make you sharper. You know, you, you have a lot of more split-second decisions that you have to make, I think, in basketball. Not that you're going to hurry the calls, but, you know, you, you they come a lot quicker and a lot more often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like you could be out in the field. If you're doing the field in a doubleheader on a Saturday afternoon at Mitchell Field, you're, you know, you could almost get distracted. Yeah. By something going on in the dugout, something going on in the sand, a parent talking to you, asking you a question. It's very easy to lose focus. And that's one of the reasons I love doing the plate. Mm. I'm a plate guy. And I think a lot of... Uh, I like the plate. Yeah, you love the plate. You stay focused. You st Again, you stay frosty. You're in the game. You know, every pitch you have to be in the game. You know, you don't get distracted. The only thing I don't like about baseball is that it's so different. It, it is like... It's Night and day, if you're behind the plate or feel like it, I, it I is, feel like when is. you know the normal yeah. standard operating procedure when you officiate baseball, you look at your schedule. You normally talk to the guy 24 hours prior, yeah. and you go, Correct. "Hey, what are you doing? Are you doing the dish, meaning behind the plate, or are you yeah. doing the field?" And they're like, "Oh, you know, I just did the plate three times in a row. If it's okay, and, oh, and I think that that's because I'm probably younger. But you Maybe. know what? This year." I got some advice by um, the rules interpreter of our association in Nassau County. Right. He said, you know, I asked him, you know, even though it's not my, my main sport, I said, I still want to be great at baseball. So I said to, to the guy, I said, look, how do I elevate to varsity the fastest way? He's like, go behind the plate, you know, because they're not going to really rate you on, on the field. I said, all right, say no more. So, you know, out of, I'd say I did maybe 25 games. I probably was behind the plate. I'd say 20 of them. I probably did the field five times, and one of the time I was on the field was with you. Um, but you know, I just I, I, I really I really got a lot of improvement this year just because I was behind the plate and I got some reps and I got a lot of good JV games. So I'm looking forward to elevating with Ray, doing the varsity level at some point. So. Yeah, I mean, plate is the way to go, especially for a young uh, new umpire. It's definitely once you get that down, um, then you can start to really. Work on your field game, which is, it was tough for me too because I I, I took a lot of plates mm. early. Same advice I I had received: take a lot of plates early. Get you know get your plate discipline down, and then you can work on your field. And fields, um, listen, it's very important. You know, I say it all the time. You know, the field guy 
gets in trouble a lot. Mm-hmm. He's out there and he's going to you're going to bang a guy out at third base. The coach sees that as a potential run. Yeah. He's going to come out and argue, especially if yeah. you were not in the right position mm-hmm. or you uh, you weren't on top of the play or, you know, you were distracted for a half a second or there's a lot going on. You know, a throw comes across from first base, bang, bang, play at third. You, you call his player out, he sees that as a potential run. Mm-hmm. And he's standing right there. He's coaching third. Yeah. You know, so uh, that that's an interesting uh, phenomenon. You know, the, the difference between the plate and the field. Yeah. 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 See, like basketball, you have equal. Like everything's equal. I love that switching. part of the game. I really love that. Everything is important. So it's like it, you matter. You know, you matter. And the thing that I've never even told you that. is that... One thing about, I know how you are in baseball, and I know how I'm in basketball. I had to tone it down a little, you know, because at the same time, if you're working with a lot of OG vets that can't really run as fast, they don't have the same wheels as me, I'm not making him look good by me just whizzing by and looking like LeBron James, and I'm with the other head coach of LeBron James. Right. i got to make him look good. So, you know, I've learned to slow it down, my running. You know, I'm not saying I'm not in position for the play, but don't make it look like... I'm sprinting out there and I'm outshining them. I got to pull him up too. So that was, you know, the new layer that I had to learn with basketball. And I think I've, I've been doing a good job with that. Yeah, no, that's a great point about being uh, in tune with your partner. Yeah, I mean, you can't, I can't be like, oh, he's 60. Let me outrun him. Like, I'm on the same team with him. Correct. And you know? you're going to be judged accordingly. I, I, I really believe that, you know, when you, and when you get a new guy and you do a game, I think it's important to bring him in, in with you and try to work as a team. It's very important to do that so you both look well. Mm. Now, one other question that I had for you, sure. and I probably have another one after this, but if you if you were going to give a new official um, any type of advice, um, what would what would you tell them? Know the rules. That's number one. And they tell you that and you, you're like, yeah, yeah, know the rules. Okay, I know the rules. No, you better know the rules up and down because the coaches, most, some of the better travel coaches are going to know the rules and they're going to call you out on them. Mm. So you better know the rules before you get there and, and, and do your homework. Again, uh, very important to show up on time, dress pro- properly, be crisp, you know, have your uniform clean. Guys that show up with the, the the filthy uniform and the wrinkled shirt, and you lose respect as soon as you walk onto the field. I, I I really think that's important. Be prepared for the game. Be on time. Be prepared. People respect that. Mm-hmm. They really do. Coaches respect that. I think that's very important. Final question I had for you: If you had to convince your son to do a sport, would it be basketball or baseball? Well, of course it would be baseball. He grew up. It has to be. Um, but basketball's a great... I think right after he, he took the baseball class, I would suggest he did the basketball class in the winter. And, and I don't think I've ever would have said that before prior to this. Well, listen, I'm happy that happy I ran into you with that class. And, and I'm happy that you went through with the class. And I'm happy that you got successful. So hopefully um, I wish you and I a very prosperous officiating 2019. Thanks, Ralph. I have a lot to be thankful for and. uh Thank you for all your help. I thank you for your time, man. So signing out for another uh, Referee Rant podcast. We'll see you next time.